Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good to see you in the house today. Tell somebody you're sitting next to, Happy New Year. Tell them, don't break your New Year's resolutions yet. You could tell them that. It's okay, right? How many of you are glad to be in a warm church building this morning? Let me see you this morning, right? I had guys come up yesterday. It's something, it's the opposite of what we normally have to do for our church building. When, when uh, Johnny was coming up and getting the building ready on Saturday, he has shifted that responsibility to Nick Stewart and Johnny's very, very, very happy about that since him and Christina took over the children's ministry. But one of the things I told Nick yesterday, it was very foreign to me now that I have been in Texas for six plus years, I said, make sure all the heat in the building is on tomorrow, right? And that doesn't seem like a big deal, but we're always making sure the air conditioner's on really, really good. And it's just snuggly warm in here. Aren't you nice to just comfortable this morning? Is it okay if I speak for about 55, 60 minutes? Are you that comfortable? Are you going to be falling asleep on me? Anyway, I know, I know. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. I want to celebrate something that Kim told you just a minute ago uh, during the welcome this morning. I want to thank you, thank everybody online that's watching, those that aren't here today, for everybody that is here today. Great, great job of reaching our goal for our Heart for the House offering. You saw that we had over $24,000 come in. It's going to make some great improvements for our kids' ministry, our life group ministry, you'll see some things happening in the building over the next couple months. But I just want to give the Lord a hand for that and say thank you for all your help for that. It was a great, great blessing, big encouragement, uh, really propelling us to get our new year started off in such a great way. And I, I want to, I'm looking for, I really, we've been talking a lot the past three, uh, three or four weeks with our team about how we're going to get our new year started. We got our kind of our strategic plan ready for the year. We've got some neat things planned all throughout the year that we're going to be doing together as a church and ministry and and just some different things we want to share with you. But I really want to start off with this foundation idea. This year our theme is going to be this word ready. Are you ready? I mean, are you ready for God to do something God-sized in your life this morning? Say amen if you really believe that today, right? Well, I want to see that happen in our church You know, we may think the most insignificant thing can happen just because of a little bit of our faithfulness. I'm going to tell you a story that I was provoked to tell you when I was sitting over here. To my left, I have a dear friend that's in our church service today. He's not here to visit me, but he's in our church service today. Uh, Anthony Marantino. Let's welcome Anthony to our church service. Would you do that? If you're from Philly, where he's from, his name isn't Anthony. It's Antony. Okay? Just Antony. But anyway, I've known Anthony since he's probably been about six or seven years old, I think. Does that sound right? He used to be a little tiny, little skinny boy. Now he looks like a football player. Big chunk of monk of, hunk of burning love over there, right? When I went to Philadelphia to start pastoring there in 2008, his mama came up to me the first day I was in the church and uh, came up to me and she says, I need you to do something. I need you to promise me something that the most important thing that you will do while you are here is to win my husband to Jesus Christ. And she challenged me. She says, my husband needs to be saved. He don't like coming to church with me. My parents kind of drive him crazy with the Jesus stuff. 
And you could see how your mom would say that, right? You know? And uh, we just became really good friends with this family. Started, we, we found out, who would have thought that we both had a love for Philadelphia sports? It just was one of those things, right? So we went to some Phillies games with them. And I just remember one Sunday, uh, we were there for maybe four or five months and just built a relationship. And I just kept talking to him about Jesus and talking to him about Jesus. And I was like, man, this guy's just going to be one of those guys that's going to take a while. And he walked up to me before church. Like, right when I'm getting ready to go in, I'm all mic'd up. I'm ready to walk up to the stage. We're on the last song. And he said to me, I'm ready to get saved today. When can we do this? So I told my, I don't know who it was. It probably was Marianne. Go tell the song people we need two more songs. I'm going to go talk. And I literally delayed my time in the service that day because we went in a little vestibule on this, a little, uh, not vestibule, but a little hallway next to the stairs and I got to pray with Anthony's dad when Anthony's dad accepted Christ as Savior in 2008. Yeah, it was awesome. And because, yeah, 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 come on, let's praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The Lord did that. I've got nothing to do with that. That's all God doing that. But the impact of a little tiny decision, like not the tiny decision of salvation, but the, now I'm, gonna, I'm changing the trajectory of my life now. Anthony's in Bible college in his third year. He's only got three or four year, more years to go, but he's in his third year of Bible college. He's coming here this summer to do an internship. Now you're committed to it, sorry. He's coming here this summer to do an internship because his daddy gave his heart to Christ 14 years ago. His mom was already faithfully serving Jesus. And I'm saying that to you as I, as, as I enter this I want, I want to read for you out of Philippians chapter 3, and I want to talk to you about some things that I want to be ready for in 2022 as a church. Because we might not think, right, that one person you tell about Jesus, this young man's going to be pastoring someday, youth pastor someday, maybe I'll even hire him, and we'll see. Well, I'll help you find a job if I don't hire you, though. But we don't know what's going to happen. We know this guy's going to be used to reach people for the kingdom of God because of a decision his parents made years and years ago, right? And sometimes I think we undervalue or underestimate what a decision to follow Christ would be or a decision to be faithful in a certain area and how that could not only change the trajectory of your life and your eternity, but even people around you and people that you're close to. Let me read this verse to you. It's a great verse, verses to consider as we, as, as we enter into this new year together. Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, Brothers... I don't consider that I've made it on my own, and I love that. Because anything we do for Jesus Christ is all about him, it's for him, it's through him. He equips us, he empowers us, he enables us. We've got to be very careful to take no credit for anything we do for the Lord and give all the honor and glory to our Lord Jesus Christ, amen? And that was Paul was saying, right? The greatest missionary dude that ever walked the face of the earth. He said, I don't consider that I've made it on my own, but one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to forget what's behind me and strain forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything, if any of you think otherwise, God's going to reveal that also to you. I love that phrase, and I highlighted it in my notes. Forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what is ahead. Um, I think that idea of forgetting what lies behind, we could take that in a couple different areas. One area is we've got to make sure we're not living in the, in the sea of yucky regret where you're constantly aware of all the bad stuff that's ever happened in your life. 
like lamenting all the time, right? Oh, I wish you all this regret, this regret, this regret. You know what? I have, does anybody else have regret this morning? I sure do. Things I wish I would have done. I, there's some regrets I have for 2021, right? There's some regrets I have when I was a teenager. There's some regrets I have when I was first married. There's some regrets I have, you know, with my kids as a father. There's th- and I can, I can stay there. And that's where Satan wants us to say, because he likes to whisper in your ear and remind you of all the bad stuff that you've done, remind you of all the bad stuff that people have done for you. And we could stay in that place. And Paul is saying this. He's saying, don't put, the, put those things behind you. But he's also saying this. Don't use the things in your past that you've been good at to make it think that you've been there and you've done that, right? It's kind of like it reminds me of people that never get out of living through high school glory. Do you have any of those friends in your 20s and 30s and maybe 40s and 50s and, you know, man, when I was in high school, I was this and I was the quarterback or I was a head cheerleader or I was this or I was that. And, man, those were the best. It drives me crazy when I hear people talk about high school and say, man, those were just the best days of my life. Man, and I hope you guys that are in high school that are in the auditorium have a great high school experience. But I promise you, life gets way better after high school. Somebody that's old like me say amen to that, please, so people know it's the truth. But isn't it funny how we can live kind of in that place of past success? Well, I used to be really good at that. You know, I remember I did that in church. I've been there. I've done that. George Barner wrote a book a few years ago called Revolution. He says, the average Christian will spend five years of their entire life of being a Christian faithfully serving the Lord. And then you know what happens? They kind of get the been there, done that-itis. I've done the nursery. I've done the kids. I've done youth group. I've done giving. It's somebody else's turn now. You know what I'm saying? And they kind of just kind of fall back and just, just come to church. And, you know, that's what, it, that's, that's what Barna was saying. And Paul was saying this. Don't rest on your laurels like you've accomplished anything. Now, don't live in the past with all your sin crud either. Jesus has forgiven you all that. But here's what he says in all that. Strain forward to what lies ahead. Strain forward. What do you think about when you think of this word straining? Moving something really, really heavy, right? When you see somebody that's, that's on the bench like Herbert, real strong guy over there, professional athlete in his own right. Laying on a bench, doing some weightlifting, right? And you're, you're, you're moving up your, your weights a little bit. And you start, and start getting a little bit harder. And what do you do when it gets hard? Now, you can't do this at Planet Fitness because you're not allowed to grunt and groan at Planet Fitness, it says. But you hear that, and you're, you're, you get that thing going up, and you're up, and you get it back, and you get, boom, I did that, right? And you're straining towards that. And you feel that strain. And Paul says this, the things that we are going to do in our future for the Lord, you ought to be pressing so hard against that that you're working so hard to that, that you're straining forward to what lies ahead. Then he says, I'm pressing on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Everything in this very same passage of Scripture, Paul says, everything I've ever done in my whole life, I consider it, and this is what he says, a pile of dung. Does anybody know what dung is? It's poo. Right? And Paul said, every good thing I've ever done in my life is nothing but a pile of poo. Now, we don't really talk about poo too much on Sunday morning, right? There's passages of Scripture we could read where we could read in the book of Leviticus where it tells you how and where and all those different things. I had a poo experience this week I'd love to share with you. I walked outside of my house, down the sidewalk. I was getting into my car, and one of my friendly neighbors forgot to pick up their dog poo. 
it wasn't in that little part of grass that was near my truck. It was right in the middle of the sidewalk. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, who would leave that on somebody's sidewalk if it wasn't on purpose? It's not like it, ought to, it just fell out of the dog on accident when they were walking, right? They stopped. He strained like the Apostle Paul did and left that there for me to walk on. And Paul says, you know, as much as we think that that's gross and you're saying, where are you going with this, Ed? That's what Paul said all his good works were, was that. But he said, I press towards the call of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to put those things behind me. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to be mature in the Lord. And if you think otherwise, if you think that you're better than that, or you think this is wrong, Paul said, God's going to reveal it to you. He'll help you understand if you don't submit this to him. So what I want to talk to you about is this idea of us being ready for 2022. So it's just not a year that accidentally happens. Well, maybe I'll be successful, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll lose weight, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll be faithful, maybe I won't. And a lot of people live their life with this idea of, well, let's just see what happens. I'm not going to be super committal. I'm going to be flexible, right? And flex, there's, there's some validity to being flexible. But there's also a lot of spiritual validity to being intentional. Like you're not going to serve the Lord on accident. You're not going to, come to, you're not going to wake up one Sunday morning because a branch breaks out in front of your house and you hear a noise and go, oh, maybe I'll go to church today. And then you stumble into church and they say, hey, can you help in the nursery? Sure, I'll do that. I'm just going to let, just wait and see what happens. No, there's this idea of intentionality, being ready to do something for God. And here's the first thing I'm going to tell you. Ready for this? Number one goal. These are some, these are some, uh, New Year's resolutions that I'm praying for that we as a church will embrace this year. That we will be better and grow stronger and do some things to the next level as a church this year. And here's the first thing, right? This is an easy one to talk about, sort of, especially for all that you are here, that came to church when it was 19 degrees this morning. Give yourselves a big hand for doing that, right? It was cold outside. How many of you warmed up the car for your family before you got in church today? We never have to do that. I did that. I opened the garage up, turned my car on, had it nice and heated. My wife was so pumped up because she's got those seat heaters in there, nestled in there. She said, man, this is really comfortable. I said, well, I wanted to have the car warm for you for our three-minute ride to church. So we did that. It was great. But here's the first thing I'm going to challenge you and all of us to step up this year in our commitment to the Lord is to be Sunday ready and to be ready for Sunday. Let me tell you what's going to happen in 2022. There will be 50, there will be um, 52 weeks, right, in the year? 53? Is that 53 Sundays, Andy? Can you confirm that? There are 53 Sundays that we're going to have this year in, on our calendar. They're going to happen. Unless Jesus comes back, we're going to have 53, we're going to have 52, 53 Sundays this year. You're here today, so you're not going to be guilted today about anything you've ever did in the past on Sunday, okay? I'm not, I've been in a church service. I remember when I was a youth pastor um, years ago, and we had one of those awful, like horrible, horrible snowstorms. And as the youth pastor, I had to get there first to shovel the sidewalk to make sure everybody could walk in and get salt out there and do all that stuff. But I remember sitting in the last row before church was going, my feet were wet, I was cold, I was just, oh, and I looked around, and there was like 30 people in church. And I'm going, there, nobody's going to be here today. Preacher, please can we not speak a long message today? You, you, ever been, 
you're not going to hurt my feelings if you raise your hand. Have you ever prayed that the message is going to be short that day? You, know, you can. I, and I'll do that for you, Isabel, okay? I promise you. It's not going to be long today. But I, I, I've done that. And I remember sitting. We had glass windows in the back of our church. And I remember watching the snow on the bottom. Of, it was just catching onto the window. But I remember, you remember that, Marianne? Watching the snow go up, and it was going up, and it was going up. It was so bad that the city was locked down for three days because of the snow. It was so bad there that day. But I remember being at church and the pastor going, and I can't believe we let, and he was yelling at everybody that was in church, but they were already in church. He was yelling at the people that weren't in church and they couldn't hear him. That's called preaching to the choir. That's what preaching to the choir means, right? So I'm not going to do that to you, but I do want you to know there are going to be 50-some Sundays this year. Right now in your mind, how many of them are you planning on going to? Right? Of going to church. Well, if we have the, we'll see what happens. Then Sundays don't become a priority for you being in the house of the Lord, serving him. It's not just about whether or not the message is going to be good, great, good, bad, or ugly. It's going to be about me coming here to be ready to be a blessing to others, to be ready to make other people feel part of the church family, to be ready for the worship and hearing what God has for me, to be ready to listen to the word of God and say, God, search my heart and know me and see if there's any wicked way of me and lead me into your paths of righteousness, to be ready to do what God wants you to do. But here's the thing. When we're not Sunday ready, kind of coming in, you know, we'll see. I want to say this. This year, you know, 2022, this was the only Sunday we have in 2022 so far. Everybody was almost in here at the first song. It was awesome. 2021, we weren't real good at that. Like, there were times when church service started that I would look at Marianne and she would look at me and we would say, man, I hope online's good today because it's rough in here. And then by the time the message started, we're like, okay, everybody's here. They're kind of coming in. But being Sunday ready means being ready. You ready, church? Just like you are at work. If you got to be at work at 8 o'clock, what time are you getting to work? 8.01? No. 15 minutes early is on time, right? Do you agree with that? It's quiet in here. Somebody give me some hallelujahs or something, okay? Be early so you can be on time for church, so you can be a blessing to others, so you can hear what people, how you can bless other people, so you can hear from God. Be ready for Sunday. Don't let it happen on accident. Somebody say amen. Right? Sunday, a priority. You know, there used to be this thing that, that my parents used to say to me, and some of you lived in this generation have heard it, that we were supposed to give God our Sunday best, right? You know what that meant? That meant we had to wear a polyester suit, right? I had a leisure suit when I was growing up. Anybody else have a 70s leisure suit years and years ago? I did. Big collar, big heel boots. Like, I needed heels on anything. I'd come in there all cool, you know, looking like Starsky and Hutch when I was like 12 years old, coming to church, because that was my Sunday best, God forbid I wore a pair. If I'd have told my mom when I was 12 years old, I'm going to be a pastor one day, she would have fell over then, but I'm going to be a pastor one day, and I'm going to wear jeans on Sunday. She would have had <gasps> heart palpitations right there because dungarees were bad in church. Like, I remember being in church and seeing somebody saying, can you believe those young people are wearing dungarees to church? It's another word for jeans for those of you that aren't old, okay? But Sunday best isn't this. This is just a covering. Thank God for it, but this is just a covering. Sunday best is what I'm coming in here with, right? I'm, I want to hear it. God, please challenge me. Please change me. 
Please take me to somebody that needs encouragement today. I want to get up intentional. I don't want to wake up five minutes before church and run in. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. It's all good. I'm here, right? No, I want to get up like at seven and read my Bible a little bit and talk to the Lord and get myself prepared. I'm going to make sure my, you know what I did last, you know what I did this morning like at seven o'clock? My dungarees were a little wrinkled. I put them in the dryer on high heat this morning just so I would look nice and crisp this morning. Ready. I want to be ready for Sunday morning. I want to be ready to give an answer to the hope that lies within me with meekness and fear. I want to be ready to see somebody that needs some encouragement. I want to be ready to receive somebody that, that needs to be prayed for. I want to be ready if God's going to show me something out of his word that's going to make me be a better person for him. Being on time, being ready to receive, being ready to give. We, I, I love what my wife was talking about this morning when she was talking about giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness. We're honored by that. What we get to do together in ministry for the Lord. And we talk about our giving opportunities, the, 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 the boxes in the back. You can give online. So many of our people have done that. It's such a blessing to the church when it's steady like that. Text giving happens. People mailing into the church. And those are great, great, great things. And we love, love, love those things. You know what I remember as a kid? Some of you all remember this in church. How many of you grew up in church? Raise your hand up in the air. Okay. Remember all the old dudes would come in with their offering envelopes in their pockets, right? And I used to think it was kind of funny that we would pass the offering plate around. Because I always used to feel bad about that when I was young. Like, man, all these... So I would grab an empty envelope, and I would just put the empty envelope in the offering plate. So, you know, I'm giving today, that kind of a thing, right? And it is between you and God. And I'm glad we have these ways that your giving can be between you and the Lord. I think it's good. And it helps us to manage our finances good too. But is that something that's happened accidentally? Oh, when Kim was talking to us, oh, I got to I gotta go. And maybe somebody did do that and praise God that we did that. But are we thinking about that ahead of time, being Sunday, ready, and then being ready to serve? Can I tell you why I'm sharing these things with you, church? I believe with all of my heart, and I'm praying it happens sooner than later, that we're going to start a second service this year. I really believe that. And what's going to happen when we start a second service, guess what we have to do? Double our volunteers. And we're going to encourage everybody that's part of our church to go to a service and serve at a service. So you don't miss church. So the people that come to the early service are serving at the second service. People that are coming to the, uh, to the second service are serving at the early service. And we're going to encourage all of you to do that. Everybody, everybody that's willing to do it, to be a blessing to others so that others can hear the word of God as well. Serve at a church service and attend a church service, but be ready. Say, man, you mean we got to be here for two hours on Sunday? Some of y'all need to go to a black church and understand what it means to be in church on Sunday. Can I get an amen from a brother this morning? Seriously. There are folks that spend hours and hours and hours. And when we went to Africa... We went to church in the morning, had lunch, and we just kept churching. It was like an eight-hour, it just didn't stop. And we come to church, and we're like, isn't he reading that countdown clock? It's, there's 11 minutes and 44 seconds left in his message. What is he talking about right now? And we're like, that hour thing that we do, we love. We love that in-and-out service. I get more compliments on short services than on any message that I ever do. We got to come and make the, the church experience a true worshipful, 
I'm all in experience. Being Sunday ready, right? Being ready for what God's going to do in and through us that day. Here's number two. I'm praying this year that our church will be answer ready. Answer ready. There's two things I'm going to encourage you to do. 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And I, I read this verse to you a moment ago. And always be ready to give an answer or, to, or defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Two, people, two things I'm going to encourage our church to do this year. Number one, read your Bible with me or with somebody in the church this year. Read it through, cover to cover. Do you know the book of Revelations talks very specifically about blessings that God wants to give in your life if you will read the Bible from cover to cover? Did you know that? There's like a tangible, I'm not saying you're going to get a new car for Christmas this year for doing this, but God will bless your life if you make his word a priority. God wrote a letter to you. And that letter he wrote to you, he's going to tell you some things about your life that, you want, that he wants you to do better at. He's going to affirm some things in your life that you're doing good, but he's also going to help you understand a plan for your future if you're submitted to this book. But you can't be submitted to a book that you don't understand. I have a letter in my drawer. I'll probably show it to you sometime this year during Valentine's. We're talking about that lovey-dovey stuff. My wife, Kim, wrote me a letter, and it's like a five-page Four, it has All of the verses in there are like four or five lines. And she rhymed like a five-page poem to me when we were dating. It was, it, it's the coolest thing. I keep it in my top drawer in my room. You know, it was like, Dear Ed, you're the greatest-looking guy in the world. You're hot. You know, all these things that she still says today every single day, too. But I, I, ha, I, I have a, a copy of this thing. And, that, and I, every once in a while, I'll take it out and I'll read it. And I'll laugh a little bit because it talks about some of our memories and and things that we, that, that we experienced together when we were dating. But I'm not going to get rid of that thing because that was her expression to me. If you know my wife, she's not like an overly expressive person when it comes to the emotions. That's my department, okay? I'm not getting rid of that thing because she shared so many sweet things with me that day. This book that God gave us is his word for you and his word for me. And it's an expression from Genesis through the book of Revelation of how much he loves us. It deserves our attention. Do you agree with that? Like, I don't think anybody's going to come up to me after church and say, Pastor, I just don't think we really need to read the whole Bible. And if, if you really want to say that, just tell John LaRue, don't say that to me after church, okay? And we all know that we need to. But it's just one of those tasks that seems a little daunting because the Bible's kind of thick and there's a lot of pages to it. And if there's a book that takes you a whole year to read, wow, that's a long, long, long book, right? But if you'll make a commitment to read the Word of God, and just before you do, just before you do, just whisper a prayer, Lord, show me something today about you that will help me love you better. Or show me something today about me where I could be a better man or woman for you. And there's going to be days when you're in the book of Leviticus and Numbers when you're going, man, I hope God's going to bless me because this is brutal. Because it's hard reading. It really, really is. But you're going to get through some grace stories. Like this morning I was reading about Esau and, and his brother Jacob. And I was reading about how Esau kind of tricked his brother out of the birthright and how uh, Jacob tricked his brother Esau out of the birthright and how Jacob was kind of a trickster, right? And all those things happen. I, and I remember lamenting, reading that, those verses years and years ago, thinking, 
man, God blessed Jacob, called him Israel later, all the 12 tribes of Israel. His seed is blessed all because he tricked his brother. That's not why that happened. God said that was going to happen when he was in his womb with his twin brother Esau, who was a hairy beast. See, if you read through some of these things and you start to understand the mind of God and, and, and how he wants to use us and how he wants to bless us and how much he loves us, you're not going to think more like him until you understand how he thinks. And that's not going to happen separate from his word. Well, I'm just waiting for God. I, you know, and there's, there's two different kinds of revelation. There's natural revelation, supernatural revelation. We look up, the Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament displays his handiwork in Psalm 19.1. And that's beautiful. We can, we can see God. We can experience God in nature. But you can't experience a relationship with Jesus Christ apart from understanding his word. We need his word. We need it. We, church, you, you need his word more than you need to be here 50-some services next year. I don't think anybody's going to do 50-some services, right? I hope you do. I think Mary Ann will. I don't know anyone else will. But I do hope 365 days, there's a portion of that day that you give to the word of God and listening to him. And here's the other part of that. Not only reading the word of God, but telling people about Jesus, here is a recipe for success for Warehouse Church. Everybody tells people about Jesus. Like, there's no better way to grow. We could hang up the biggest banners. We could build a building that's five times as big as this. We could have the best online presence. We could have the best staff, which we do. We have a moderate, okay pastor. We could have all these great things, right, that we have that the world wants, the world wants, the world wants. There's nothing that's going to grow this church better that we could do creatively, that we could do financially than every person in this room reaching somebody with the gospel of Jesus Christ this year. That is the most successful way to do it. But here's the problem with that. We kind of take this mentality, like I said earlier, the been there, done that thing, or I'm not really outgoing. I promise you, listen, this is one of those double dog prayer things I'm going to have you do. I promise you, and I double dog dare you to pray, God, Bring somebody in my life that I can invite to church, that I can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with. And you pray that when you're reading your Bible every day and you're putting some of these things in your life where you're like, man, I need to start lifting weights now because I'm doing like all these good things every day. God is going to bless that effort. He might not let you lead everybody to Christ you tell about Christ, but I promise you God's not going to see that and forget about it. He's going to bless you for it. And then you're going to notice, oh, that person came. And this person came. And this person's in church because, because of these other people that we brought to church. God wants to use all of us to do that. We've got to be answer ready. Here's number three. We've got to be armed and ready. We've got to be armed and ready this year. Are we people at Warehouse Church, are we people that share life and church once a week? Or, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I do life with a lot of people in this room, small group people, personal friends that I have our staff. I, I love that. And I love church every single week. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I, I just enjoy being part of this church family every single week. But is my extension of my Christianity, my church attendance, or am I part of an army of soldiers ready to be deployed to reach this world for the God with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Look, I don't just want to be somebody that's part of a church. <laughs> Yeah, I'm part of this. This is fine. It's one, of the, it's one of the things I do during the week. But my most important thing is my job. Or my most important thing is this. Or my most important thing is that. Listen, we always do what's important to us, whether we believe that or not. It's absolutely true. 
and if reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and bringing them into this church where they can grow and being a part of a life group and being part of a community of believers, if that is a priority in your life, people will know it's a priority in your life. And if you are praying what the Apostle Paul prayed in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, will you follow me as I follow Christ? Like, if would you consider yourself, Christian or not, would you consider yourself a fully devoted follower of, well, I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. That's great. But are you a fully devoted follower of Christ? What does that mean? That means 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether therefore we eat or drink or whatever we do, I'm going to do all to the glory of God. That means this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to be glad and rejoice in it. That means even though I'm going through a hard time, I'm going to be thankful. Even though things aren't going the way necessarily I want to, I'm going to trust that I'm part of God's plan. I'm going to look for opportunities to talk about Christ. I'm going to look for opportunities to be more generous in my life. I'm going to look for opportunities to be a blessing for each other because life is short and eternity is long and the stakes are too high. I want to make a difference with my life. Do you just want to be one of those guys in the back of the line in the blessing brigade when we see Christ someday when you're just led into heaven? Or do you want to be led in and be surrounded by all these people that you were a blessing to and people across the world that received the gospel because of your missions giving and people in this community that came to church because you asked them to or somebody you gave a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. That's not going to happen if you're not ready, church. we got to be ready, armed and ready. we got to be ready for our mission to reach Plano with the gospel. I say it, I hear it, and I'm apologizing for saying it. Well, everybody in Plano goes to church. No, they don't. No, they don't. There's plenty of good churches. We celebrate what other good churches do. We're not in competition with any of them. But we have a mission to reach this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a mission with our missionaries. They're counting on us. We're big supporters of Manor Worldwide. They took huge, huge hits because of COVID. And giving is going down crazy. God has blessed them, and they've been able to sustain Every single feeding center in every single church. And we've stayed faithful in our giving church because of you and your faithfulness. And I thank you and applaud you for that. We have people that are counting on us that want to hear the gospel of Jesus. we got to be ready. We have neighbors that need our help. We're going to introduce you to a new ministry that we're going to start supporting this year. I think they're coming, I think it's the Sunday after the Super Bowl in case you people get a hometown team in there, okay? That's as, that's as good as I can do, Sergio. I'm trying, okay? It's called Convoy of Hope. And Convoy of Hope, some of you heard of Convoy of Hope. They go, whenever there's a hurricane, they're there. Whenever there's a tornado, they're there. Whenever there's a natural disaster, they're there. They have been, they're, well, they're one of the top 10, top 15 most recognized 501c3s in the whole United States. The government has given them favor. God has blessed them. And they do it so they can reach people with the gospel. I promise you, because this relationship we're getting, if a natural disaster like we had happen last year when, when all the ice stuff happened, a natural disaster were to come here, I'd make one phone call, we would have a convoy of hope uh, truck in our parking lot the day after so that we could do things in our community to do what? To feed, yes. To bless, yes. For the reason of telling people about Jesus. We've got to be armed and ready. You know what being armed and ready to, to, to share the gospel this way means? That means we're going to be a little careful with our money this year so we could do more for the Lord. Amen. Oh, somebody said that. 
I don't want to go backwards and what I, well, you know, last year was such a good given year. Uh, you know, this was our, be- this, this is our third, was, was this our third or fourth year as Warehouse Church? How does that go? Four, third, fourth, something like that. Okay. You know, this was our COVID year. Best giving year as a church was this year. Come on, somebody on that one. So let's take a vote. You ready? Number one. You can say number one or number two. Here's our first vote. Number one, let's do less next year. Or number two, let's do more. What y'all want to do next year? Let's do more. Amen. Somebody say amen to that. And that, that just doesn't mean let's do more. So let's get more people. That are, no, it starts here. I'm going to do more this year. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do more. God, show me how I can. Make some adjustments, course adjustments. Do whatever you have to do so that we can do more with the gospel of Jesus. That means being armed and ready. Here's number four, ready for action. Next Sunday, we're going to do something very, we haven't done in our church since I've been here. Next week, we are ordaining and publicly calling some new deacons to our church. We're calling it our cares ministry, and we're going to deploy them next week. I'm actually going to be talking about that next week in my church in the church service, and we're going to be taking communion next week. We're going to lay hands on and pray for these men and women that are being set apart to do ministry on behalf of the Lord through Warehouse Church so that we can be the men and women that God's called us to be as a church, Right? What does, that, what does that mean? They get to do that? No, they need help. And we, we're going we're gonna to need more people doing that every single year. We hope everybody in the church finds a way that you can serve and you'll be called to action. And we're going to tell, tell you about some of the things they did to get to this point and where they are. And you're not going to be surprised by any of them because they're already doing these things already in their service to the Lord in our church. But we want to be ready. We get a phone call. We want to deploy. We have somebody that's in need. We want to make sure somebody's there to help them with that. We have a situation in our church. Oh, my gosh. Like if the lights go out or something crazy happens. We want to be ready as a church to minister to our church community. Number five. I want to be ready to take the next steps for my church, for the Lord, personally. I don't think anybody's going to come up to me after church. And if you listen, I'm pretty approachable. I really am. If there's something like you know, my, I used to I used to joke a lot about when somebody comes up to me after church and says, "Pastor, I have a concern." I'm like, "All right, here we go." What are you mad at today? Like I'm like ready for that a little bit. That that Philly side of me, I'm getting nicer. My I'm getting nicer. I'm not a mean guy, I promise you. But I want to be challenged. I have people in my life that I'm accountable to. I say, hey, you know what? Maybe you ought to do this. That's a good idea. Maybe you ought to pray about this. Yes, it is. And sometimes they're wrong too. But we have that mutual respect for one another where we can talk about things like that. I just don't think anybody would come up to me and say, Pastor, I just don't think it's a good idea to talk about doing more for the gospel of Jesus this year because what if people have COVID stuff happen? What if people have this happen? Or what if people, and all these external things that give us excuses to do less. I just don't think anybody's going to come up to me and say, Pastor, I don't agree. I think we should do less next year. I just don't believe that's even in our church, that spirit. But let me say this to you, church. If we agree that we should do more, it's not me over here looking over there at Andy and saying, yes, we need to do more, Andy, Dave, Marianne, 
No, it's me saying, I think our church needs to do more, and it starts right here. Because doing more is vague, isn't it? That's a very vague statement. I'm going to do more. No, I'm going to do more in my Bible reading anymore so I could be closer to Jesus. I'm going to do more in my personal evangelism so people would get saved because of my witness and my testimony to the glory of God. I want to do more in my missions giving so people across the world that I'm responsible for get to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to do more in my giving so that if there's a need in this community, I'm ready for it. I've been preparing. Listen, we prepare for our own emergency. Let's prepare for the emergencies of others too. Like I want to get our church, because I can tell you something that's happened in our church all three years we've been here. Our church, we've been very, very blessed. And I, I'm going to say this so carefully. I'm going to say this so carefully. A lot of our conversation about giving has been about this word, survive. There are weeks that Marianne and I have gone, woo, we survived. There are weeks we didn't survive. There's been some salaries that have been suspended and some things like that, right? I want to get all that done. I'm done talking about that stuff. I want to move from survive to thrive. And I don't mean where we're at church, we're doing this. Fume, 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 fume. Unless that's what God calls us to do. But we can't give if we don't give. Did you hear what I said? We can't give if we don't give. We can't give if we're not prepared to give. We can't tell people about Jesus if we're not prepared to tell people about Jesus. We can't do the next thing that God's called every single one of this in this building this morning to do unless we're what? Unless we're ready. So let's get ready. Let's do something funky, fresh, and crazy this year. Let's talk about our third service next year. Let's talk about our fourth service for next year instead of our second. Let's do what we said that God was going to do with this building. When we signed the lease of this building, we planned this many seats in this size auditorium that we could duplicate our services all weekend long. Let's do it. That means more of a servant. That means all of us giving. That means all of us asking. Listen, are there other churches that are big? Is our goal to be as big as another church? No. Our goal is to be the best warehouse church that God's called us to be. And I believe, and I hope that you believe, that we can do more. But if we're going to, we got to be ready. Are you ready, church? Church, are you ready? Say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on now, let's get ready together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for those. I pray to everybody in this room that will submit to, to you to go through some kind of Bible reading program this year. I pray that everybody in this room will look for, pray for, and, 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 and try to find opportunities, Lord, to invite people to church and to share the gospel with Jesus, of Jesus with them. I pray that all of us will, will manage our finances in a way where we can set even more aside to do more for the gospel. We're not telling anybody to be responsible with their money. We should be even more responsible with our finances. But God, always keeping you first and kingdom work as our priority. God, there are so many unbelievably faithful, strong, generous believers in this room. And I know when they hear a message like that, they're just in agreement because they know the blessings that they've received that they want everybody to experience. I pray that we will as a church. Lord, I'm ready. Help me to be the man, the husband, the father, the grandfather, the pastor, the friend that I need to be so that I could do more for you this year, Lord. Help all of us in the church, Lord, just look at our lives and reflect upon where we can be stronger and better for you 
so we can do more. Lord, we're ready. We're ready, Father. Please reach down and do something in this church that's beyond us that you would only, only do so that you could get the honor and glory for it. We thank you. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, how many would say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm going to have that prayer time with the Lord today. I want to be ready in 2022 to accomplish great things for his kingdom and his church this year. I want God to use me. If that's true about you, lift your hand up with me this morning all over the room. Pastor, I want to be used. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I'm going to talk to the Lord about how my family and myself can be more ready today. We love you, Father. We thank you. We honor you. God bless every faithful member of our church. Lord, God bless people that give sacrificially to keep the dream alive. Help us to move into a thrive situation this year, Lord, not just financially, but in what we can do with the gospel and what we can do in this community so that people will be drawn to find and follow you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement, say it with me. Amen. Amen. All right.